0: Welcome to the Fresh Expressions podcast season three. I'm your host, Heather DeLod. I'm a local church pastor and a cultivator of Fresh Expressions, new faith communities that strive to reach new people in unexpected places. In season three, we're opening our archive of a decade of useful training materials and sharing some of the talks and workshops that have inspired us over the years. This season is brought to you by FX Connect. FX Connect is an online community of church leaders who are reaching new people in new places and where you can find an entire library of practical and inspiring training materials. You can register for free today at fxconnectus.org. Hey, hey, we are back with a fresh episode of the Fresh Expressions podcast. Today's talk featuring Stephen Barr. Stephen is talking today about church at work. Uh, Stephen is the founder of Cast Member Church, a church that he planted 11 years ago with the cast of Walt Disney World. I know that you'll appreciate this conversation um, because uh, Stephen talks to his own kind of struggle with uh, his place in the inherited church he was a worship leader for for many many years his church planting journey and kind of how this uh, emerged if you will over the course of his own uh, relationship with god and call to ministry he talks about this being not rocket science but really, really drives um, drills down on the significance of building relationships. It is simple, but not easy. It is a long obedience in the same direction. Um, he lifts up three things um, integral to this conversation to this talk that he um, that he gave at our last national gathering. First is essence um, really helping um, one another discover the image of God, what makes us us um, and the sacred work of relationship in the midst of that, um, trust and, um, how, how significant it is to cultivate mutual understanding. I know a lot of times, um, when I talk about creating these spaces, um, uh, for fresh expressions of church to emerge, I, uh, encourage folks to lead with their own limitations to leave with their own limitations, um, to ask more questions than come in thinking we have all the answers, and um, uh, uh, to to boast in our weaknesses, if you will. Um, Paul certainly, the Apostle Paul certainly lifted that up. And the third thing he talks about um, is hope, really modeling uh, Jesus' perfect love um, and how hope emerges in the midst of that. I know you'll have uh, a lot to take away from this talk about church at work uh, with our speaker, Stephen Barr. Enjoy.
1: Uh, I am the leader of Cast Member Church, which serves the Disney parks around the world. We are located physically in Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Uh, That's where we started, where there are 74,000 people that work on the 47-square-mile property. 74,000 means it's the largest single-site employer in the United States. And 47 square miles means it's larger than the city of San Francisco. So if you've never been to Disney before, you'll you'll understand how big it is. Um, We also have Cast Member Church and the other Disney Park locations, and that would be Anaheim, Paris, Tokyo, Hong Kong, and Shanghai. So it's, it's been something very special for us and we've only been in existence for 10 years. So uh, it's, um, quite a, it's quite a story, quite a, a God thing. And um, so I'm, I'm, what I'm gonna do is tell a little bit of the story and I'm going to give you permission to interrupt. And, uh, and so because I want this to be really about interacting, but I figure I'll give you some stuff to play with and then we can kind of go from there. Um, so anyway, 1991, I was actually a Disney cast member. I was a keyboard player, and I played in a group that performed out in front of Cinderella Castle five times a day, um, unless it rained, because back then the music was, the instruments were, were live, <laughs> and not, there wasn't lip syncing and all that stuff. And, uh, and I remember looking down um, from Cinderella Castle down Main Street, USA, to the train station, and the thought crossed my mind. Keep in mind, we did five shows a day, so autopilot was, my fingers, it was muscle memory. You just knew where to go, so you could be thinking about what you're gonna have for dinner. As long as you were smiling, Disney was happy, you know, and you hit your notes, they were happy. Um, But I remember my mind wandering, looking down at the train station. I thought to myself, why isn't there a church here? Because I can't go to church on Sunday because Disney never closes. Of course, this was pre-COVID. Uh, but Disney never closes. Um, days off are scattered. It's a crazy culture as far as schedules go. Uh, as a church, we joke that at Disney, uh, Cast Member Church has two enemies. One is Satan, the other is schedules. <laughs> so, uh, but in any case, it was, it was not conducive for someone who wanted to be connected to a Christian community and it, the thought went in my mind i'm playing and you can fly you can fly you can fly and the thought was gone all right and that was it that was it that was 1991 fast forward to about 12 years ago i had been a worship pastor for oh my gosh a couple decades and um i uh i was getting to the age as a worship pastor where I was like, do I really want to be the old guy in skinny jeans anymore? Do I really want to be that person trying to be hip and all of that stuff? So I had a couple of options. I I was thinking, do I mentor worship leaders? Because that would be obviously a a, a reputable thing to do. Or is God calling me into something else? and I considered a lot of different things. But then uh, it, uh, about a month later, I'm leading worship on Sunday morning and something, I noticed something. And that was, people were sitting in our congregation, week after week, in the same places, and they weren't changing. They weren't, they weren't m- more different. And, 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 and I was like, I'll be honest with you, I thought, why are we doing this? What's what's the point of this? So I kind of went into this very reflective stage of uh, what's the point of all of this? So while I was in that reflective stage, um, uh, one of the leaders in our denomination approached me and said, hey, I'm hearing that you're thinking about pursuing something different. Have you thought about church planting? And the answer was no. (laughs) But what's involved? And so um, I thought, we kind of went through some processes, and uh, I, I found it more and more appealing, an opportunity to connect with people that, you know, that I could relate to. And so we'd started to plant a church in San Antonio, Texas, in what, what I call the artsy-fartsy district of, of San Antonio. It's where all the art museums are, where all the, the really interesting people hang out, the best coffee shops, you know, all of, all of that. So we started, in fact, our church met in an art museum, And we were doing great for a year. Great. But I wasn't. I wasn't. I just, something was wrong. I I, I was going through the motions. And when you're a worship pastor for a long time, you get really good at going through the motions. You can, your your heart can be pretty messed up and you can still put that stuff out there. And, um, but I was wrestling. I just felt like, that the, it was a, I was pursuing the right calling, but the wrong people. And I wasn't sure what that was about. And I was sitting in a Panera, where most churches receive revelations, um, and with, with a, a few of my leaders, and um, one of them said, uh, why didn't you plant at Disney? I said, what? what, what are you talking about? He says, Stephen, you bleed Disney. <laughs> He says, you talk, you, he said, there was isn't a meeting that you don't mention something about that. He said, maybe, maybe you should plant at Disney. And it was one of those like television flashback moments where it goes. Whoosh, and I remembered that thought that I had looking down Main Street, USA. And I realized, whoa, be careful what you think. <laughs> because God, God keeps track of all of it. And so I I went to my wife and it took some convincing and all, but the church was going to be okay. The church that we had launched was, it was a team effort. So it was, um, I was stepping away, but there was somebody else that could do it. But a year later, we landed in Orlando, Florida with our family. I will tell you that we broke every single church planting rule. So uh, we went to all the church planting boot camps, all the fundraising stuff that you do with, with church planting. None of it. We did. And I'll be honest with you. I'm glad. I'm glad because it made us utterly dependent upon God. I will say that we arrived at Disney. I had a two inch binder of vision, strategy, uh, graphics and logos. And I had all of the all of the stuff. And I was excited. It was like because this was I was like, oh, wow, this is a dream come true. And, and so my wife and I, um, we kind of get settled in and I start going to the parks and um, uh, trying to figure out how I'm going to engage with people. And within two weeks, I realized that every part of my vision, every part of my strategy was a waste because the culture was completely different since 1991. <clears throat> And it was almost as if God took all of my plans, wadded them up and said, yeah, I'm not doing that. That is a really difficult moment. And I, I honestly, for a couple of weeks, did not want to get out of bed. I had moved my family to Orla- from San Antonio, Texas, to Orlando. So it wasn't like moving across town. And we had rented our house out in San Antonio. So there was no going back if this doesn't work. We were, we were locked in. And so it was a moment where I was like, I have no idea what we're going to do. So um, we tried different things. We kind of experimented with some different things. I, the original vision was we were going to plant a church that would create space for Christians to be able to gather and find community. Mm -hmm. All right. But I also had a passion for transformation, Remember, I, I saw people sitting in, in their chairs and they weren't changing. So discipleship was gonna be a huge chunk of this. Christians, and we're gonna do discipleship, all right? What I found out, whoop, what I found out, none of them wanted to do discipleship. They wanted, these are 20 somethings, okay? They were looking for youth group back home. They wanted to do the pizza parties, the movie nights, beach trips, that, that kind of stuff. And when I talked about the idea of we're going to equip you to start investing in people and you're going to be able to start building these relationships and you're going to find connections and you're going to, it got to the point where I said, look, one person, find one person that you work with in your area, that a person that you like, (laughs) it's okay. You know, I'm not trying to make this hard. One person that you like. And they all left the church. And I was I was brokenhearted. I was brokenhearted because I felt let down by them, but I was also brokenhearted because is this really the state of, of Christendom among young people? So I was absolutely broken. I went to Magic Kingdom and it was early in the morning. Um, it had the park had just opened, but I had I was further down the street than the crowds were. And um, if, you, if you don't know this, when Magic Kingdom opens, all the cast members stand outside and they're waving as people are walking down the street. It's, you know, some have Mickey hands on and they're doing this kind of thing. You know? But in that moment, I was looking and all of a sudden, I, I can't explain this. It wasn't I was, I don't know if it was a vision or what, but all of a sudden the smiles disappeared on every one of the cast members and I saw every one of them broken. I saw, the, I saw the pixie dust removed and I saw what was going on inside their hearts and I saw pain, I saw anger and I saw, and I got dizzy. I mean, I was, I, I was literally like, I, this is too much, this is too much. And I sat down, I, found, I sat down on a, on a, on a bench And I felt the Lord, didn't hear a voice, but I felt the Lord say, this is why you're here. They are why you're here. See, they don't know me, but I know them. And they need to know that. And so I realized Cast Member Church was going to be for people who didn't know Jesus. And so it was a, a, talk about a come to Jesus moment for me. (laughs) Um, But I went home and I told my wife and I said, this is gonna, he's gonna do this out of people who don't know him. And my wife, who's very evangelistic, was like, yes. (laughs) She got a job at Disney working in World Showcase. My wife is from Mexico, but she got a job working in World Showcase, working frontline merchandise. So you go into one of the stores and, you know, and um, she made, uh, she set a, um, she just, she had one rule in her mind and that was, she would never engage in gossip. And that rule opened up so many doors because I'm gonna be honest with you Disney is the center of entertainment. <laughs> and where there's entertainment people, there is gossip. <laughs> and, and so people would go up to Lucy and say, hey, did you hear about that? And Lucy would go, does this involve me? And they're like, oh, no, no. She's like, no, I, I don't wanna hear it. It's okay. And Lucy, because of that, became the person everybody trusted. So that meant Lucy started hearing about the dark stuff, the wrestling stuff, the everything that was going on. And so Lucy's coming home, I'm trying to figure out how to work Disney from the outside. I couldn't get a job at Disney because I was a pastor focusing on Disney and Disney has a kind of takes a dim view of, of a, a pastor working for Disney trying to proselytize Disney. I get it, it's their rules, okay? That's fine. We'll play the game. All right. But my wife was in in there and she was building all these relationships. And she said, um, I think we should just start inviting them over for dinner. Now, she's working in World Showcase, which is 11 countries that are um, that every country has cast members from the country that they're representing. Uh, so if you're in Mexico, every person that's there is from Mexico. If you're in Norway, everyone is from Norway. China, Germany, Italy, America, um, uh, Japan, uh, Morocco, France, UK, and Canada. Okay, so it's a, it's a United Nations uh, of people. Well, Lucy started inviting people over for dinner. That's it. Just start inviting people over for dinner. And keep in mind, most of them had never been in an American home before. All right. So that was kind of a novel thing. And they would come through our doors. and They're kind of like a little bit like, this is interesting. This is really cool. And they had an idea that Lucy was different. They, they, they saw her as, they like to say, they use the term, um, you're religious, aren't you? You know? And she was like, yes, I am. That's, you see, she's listening to them and it's like, it's, we don't get into the, oh, I'm not religious, it's a relationship, and it's a da-da-da-da. No, answer the question. <laughs> yes, I am, I, I'm religious, all right? So they, they would come into our house, and we'd sit around our dining room table, and we would talk about anything and everything, and then little by little, things would get a little more serious, and you could just sense people were starting to open up. They were relaxing, and they realized we weren't weird. <laughs> and we just started doing this over and over and over again to the point where our din- our dining room table, which we still have and I will never ever get rid of, has become the most sacred space in Cast Member Church. Over 1200 cast members have encountered Jesus at that table. And it's it's it it it's very emotional even just to talk about it. So, but it's a thin place. It's one of what we call thi- a thin place. There's something about it. I think every dining room table to be honest with you is a thin place if you if you look at it that way. So we started building these relationships with cast members and they started sharing with us where they were in, in in their lives. And we would, we heard, I I was saying in the last session, I heard stories that would curl your toes. I heard, I mean, I'm going, wow, the world is messed up. And I mean, horrible abuse, horrible background, living on the street at like, you know, 10 years old. I mean, and you're looking at people who are making their living being magical, all right? So the mask, they, they, they put on a mask and it's, it's magical. But in our house, they could cry. In our, and, and, and it was, and I, I've, I've said, if you look at our tables, there's dents where fists have been, have hit it. There's tear stains on it. And I'm, I don't know if it affects the, 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 the varnish on it, but I can't tell you the number of times the F word's been uttered at that table. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a place where Jesus meets people, okay? That was the genesis of cast member church. And now these, these, we call them cultural representatives. They come for a year and then they go back to their home countries. We got them for a year and we got to develop these relationships, but then they go home and guess what? They wanted to stay connected. They wanted, they, we were offering them something they couldn't even get from their own parents, from their own families. And, and, and we've kind of figured that out. I'll share with that, share that with you. But we started figuring some of these things out. It's not rocket science. None of this stuff is, it's all simple. It has to be, it's hard to do, (laughs) but it's simple. And so we started building these relationships. I I was just showing her before we started, I have a picture where we had 140 Disney cast members at our house for Thanksgiving. Our house does not hold 140 people, okay, just so you know. But it was, we had three shifts of people going in and out. Some were going before work, some were coming after work, some were in their costumes, some were, it was, and we had 19 different languages being spoken in our house. And you're looking around and you're seeing all these people from all different kinds of lifestyles, all kinds of different perspectives. And this is what I loved most is this one, this one guy came up to me as he was walking out, get, pick, getting his Uber, and he said, I don't know why, but I feel safe here. Now, I remember when we were talking in the last session, you have to know when to stop, you know, because it's like, because the temptation is like, well, that's because Jesus is here, and that's because, you know, and it's like, no. You just say, thank you. That's our hope, you know, and, and so we just cultivated this. These, these were all people that worked for Disney, then, oh, were you raising a hand? Oh, Okay. Um, then this this was in the early days, and now we've these people have gone home and they've started their own groups. They've started their own things. So it's not just Disney parks; it's Italy, Germany, UK, um, uh, Japan. Well, yeah, we've got Tokyo anyway. Um, we've um, I I can't. I'd have to look at the map, but I mean they're they're scattered all over the world. In fact, if you go to castmemberchurch.com and click on CMC Global on the menu across the top, you'll see all of our communities that meet, and those are just the online groups. We don't publish our groups that meet in person just because we don't want Disney to know everything that we do. <laughs> all right? Now, my wife, is she started out working as a frontline cast member, you know, uh, doing merchandise She's now over one half of World Showcase in Epcot, where she has 300 cast members who work beneath her every day. And it's because she had integrity and she kept rising up. She's turned down three promotions because she knows where God has called her, but she could keep moving up, the, up into the higher echelons of Epcot. But she said, no, nope, this is where I want to be. So they actually created a position for her that's slightly different because she, she gets to be with some of the upper echelon and still not leave her position. Of course, they don't pay her anymore, you know, but you know, we'll take it. So, so in any case, um, we now have, you know, Walt Disney World, we have some things going on in Anaheim. Every cast member church looks different because each workplace, even though it has the Disney DNA, Disney Paris, Disneyland Paris is gonna have a different culture because they're French. Most of them are French. And so that's a culture that you have to figure out. How how do we engage with that culture? Asia is hard. Asia is hard because of approval and achievement driven cultures. And you want to start talking about the grace of Jesus. That's like, that's just inconceivable for many of them. But they keep coming back. They keep participating. They keep engaging because there's something there. So. That's a little bit of our story. And uh, we just celebrated our first European gathering in Paris last November. And the next one is gonna be this November in London. And so, and then we're hoping the next year we'll do an Asia, an Asia gathering. So um, this has all been done with no building, no staff, and no big budget. Okay, so when people say, well, we just don't have the resources, I'm like, that's probably where creativity is at its best, is when you start thinking. And believe me, when you don't have resources, you need Jesus more. <laughs> and So we have seen Jesus show up <clears throat> in ways that you can't imagine. From prayer walking to Disney parks, from, from um, we have all these different things that, that we do. A lot of them are not on the website, but some of them are but God is doing something in a very secular community. These are people that, as I've said, have never, op- had never opened a Bible in their lives. So the idea of talking about <clears throat> grace and mercy and forgiveness and, and from Christ and all of that, you, I, I'm, I'm gonna repeat myself a little bit from the last seminar, I apologize, but <clears throat> we realize if, if you wanna share the gospel with somebody who has no point of reference, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to earn it. You have to earn it. And that is something Americans are not good at. I wasn't, I wasn't because I was taught, hey, just share the four spiritual laws, or, you know, if you died tonight, do you know where you'd spend eternity? All those fun things that are, we know go over so well. <laughs> and but we started discovering something called the sacred work of relationship. The sacred work of relationship. Um, if I was really honest, I would call it the sacred long work, <laughs> the long sacred work or whatever. But it is, it is about earning the right to speak into their lives, earning that place to be able to share hope. And so we discovered three keys, three keys, and this will work in a work environment, <clears throat> This will work in any environment. And I know that it also works on a global scale. So this is not a cultural thing that only works with Americans or whatever. The first, the first, these are three keys. All right, three words, and then I'll explain each one. The first word, you want me to write them down? Would that help? I don't know. Uh, The first word, the first key is essence, essence. Now, when I, I've always heard the word essence associated with perfume. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but what essence is, is have you ever heard someone say, well, the essence of the conversation, the essence of, the essence is what makes something, something. Your essence is what makes you, you. All right. Why well, I, I, I made a connection one day. Your essence is the image of God. That's, it, it's what, it's that part of you that reflects who he is in a unique way. That's, that's as unique as your fingerprints, as unique as your DNA. And if we can learn to start looking for the essence in people, and I'm, <clears throat> and I'm talking about even people that annoy us, that are angry with us, that want nothing to do with us, we can move past our prejudices, and we all have them, and I'm not talking about racial prejudice. Those are those are those are obvious ones. But I'm talking about just prejudices of I, I just don't like <clears throat> I don't like people who talk all the time. I, I'm sorry, by the way, politics. <laughs> <clears throat> um, that's a prejudice, or I don't like somebody who does this. I don't want to, he he brags all the time. Okay, I get that. That's we've got to learn to move past that. So I, I, a, essence is about recognizing God's image, and for some people, it's like. It's amazing, and for others you have to dig, but it's fun, it's really fun. And what's really great is when you find it and you point it out to somebody, somebody who does not have any, any spiritual knowledge, and you talk to somebody, I, I mentioned this in the last one, somebody was very argumentative one time with me and was turning kind of turning the conversation around and was getting really strong, and I said, man, you have the most amazing God-given passion. And it was like, <laughs> it, was, it was like, but it was, that passion was coming from a God place. I mean, I'm like, wow, could you imagine if he, you know, focused that passion in this or in that? It was amazing. But he didn't know what to say after that. It was like, uh, well, well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so we, it's, recogn, it's essence, it's essence recognizing God's image. Here's the second one, trust, all right? That's kind of obvious, but I define trust as cultivating mutual vulnerability. We earn trust by actually being real. We want other people to open up their lives to us, but we have to be willing to do the same. And that's really hard because as Christians, we are very tempted to know it all. We want to come across like we have all the answers that we, you know, it's like, well, you know, and the fact that first of all, we don't, (laughs) okay. In fact, we all have doubts. We all have fears. We all have temptations. We all have, we have all of that stuff. And people, if we try to put up a facade, the people We'll see right through that. They will go fake. Fake, fake, fake. That's one of the biggest things that they say. Christians are fake. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. And I'm sorry about that. Because we're not, Jesus actually calls us to be, to actually boast in our our, our weaknesses and to, it's, and to, it's in our weaknesses that his strength is made perfect. I mean, and that's counterintuitive to the human being. You know, it's like we want to, we want to be that. And we, we kind of build that up in church rather than really saying, no, let it out. It's okay to say, you know, I wrestle with that doubt too. I wrestle, I, I, that, you know, I've known Jesus for 20 years and I still, every now and then, that just pops into my head. I totally understand where you're coming from on that. Do you know what that'll do? That builds a bridge. And that's a bridge that Jesus can cross. Okay, so forming mutual vulnerability, trust. The third one, another obvious one, is hope. And this is the way I define hope. You're probably thinking that it's a message. You know, telling them the message of Jesus. Nope, 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 nope. Not in my book. It's modeling Jesus' perfect love. Because if I want someone to know Jesus, they got to see him in me first. <laughs> and Scripture's pretty clear on that stuff is we've got to give a reason for the hope that we have. And, and so these are and it's in here where I model Jesus' perfect love, and I promise you, if you do this, now this could be one conversation or it could be 10,000 conversations. You may spend 10,000 conversations in essence. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, We're not going for the quick win here. We're not trying to get our numbers up. We're wanting people to meet Jesus. All right. Trust may take years to build. It's okay. It's all right. Whatever it takes. Hope is when the door is open because we know that if we share Christ, trust has already been formed. And even if they go, well, you know, Stephen, I'm not. I'm. I'm I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I get it. But I just have this issue. Da 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 da. Okay. But he didn't. And it's not the end of the relationship. It's just we took a little step. And so what we did. Ooh, this I didn't share this in the last in the last uh, seminar. Um, here's here's the prog. Here's how churches have done it. Okay. We, ha- we have the church bubble, all right? And here's, here's the world. It's kind of funny that I made the church bubble bigger than the world, but that's okay. All right, and the idea is if you wanna meet Jesus, they, you need to come to church to hear the pastor and he'll, he'll, he'll do that. And I call this, are you ready for this? I call this invitational marketing, okay? Invitational marketing. Now, here's what's really funny. That's a very 21st century term, but it's been happening for about 500 years. (laughs) And that is get into church, get into church. And of course, in the Wesley tradition, there are those moments where, you know, you had the itinerant preaching and all of that. But this is pretty much the way things operated up until about the 70s. All right. And we started realizing as church leaders, oh, We can't get them to come into church. They don't want to come into church. And here's why. Because here's church, I'm sorry, here's the world, here's us, but their journey to coming to church looks like this. It's like a child's scribble on a, and they may not even get there. So we realize, okay, we need to start equipping our people to engage wherever they're at, okay? The intentions were great, this was, I, it, it made sense. But what we did is we gave them information that was pretty much just what I call a gospel defense. We gave them information, and what I call it basically is we were trained to answer questions they weren't asking. <laughs> okay, so it got really, really messy. Well, with cast member church, we, we know that this, is how, this, this is what everyone's life looks like, whether they get into this or not. This is what life looks like. So we know the journey to Jesus is not a straight line. It's not an invitation and they go in and it's a happy ever after. No, but here's what it does look like to us. It's a spiral. Okay, and at the center of that spiral is Jesus. It's also where you are. Okay, there's you and Jesus and every person in your life is somewhere on that spiral. And your role in the kingdom is to draw people one step closer to Jesus every single time. Now, sometimes they may move backwards. Sometimes they may take they may jump. They actually may jump the railing and go over a couple. You know, you just never know. But no one's out. And see, in, this mo- in these two models, you're either in or you're out. And I look at Jesus, and yes, he had, he had Peter, then he had the three, James and John, and then he had the 12, then he had the 72, then he had the 120. And, but we, we, we don't see Jesus going, you're in, you're out. It was just, there was this almost wherever Jesus went, there he was, you know, and people could engage So what we did or what we figured out, and I'm not saying this is, they're having a lot of fun over there. So (laughs) Um, What we're saying is we're seeing a pattern. We're seeing a pattern that everyone's on a journey. We know for a fact that the day is going to come, every person is going to meet Jesus. It's just whether they meet him as Lord or they meet him as judge. And so we know they're on a journey. And we have the privilege of drawing them closer. It's this could be like we said, like I said, this could be one conversation or it could be 10,000 conversations. This could take three days or it could take 30 years. That's up to Jesus. That's up to Jesus. So here's what I want to encourage you with. The pressure's off. (laughs) (laughs) The pressure's off. You don't have to save anybody. You just get the privilege of introducing them to the one who does in little incremental steps. And best of all, you earn it because they see him in you. This is what I believe. I'm saying I believe. So there's a little asterisk right there. I'm not saying this is gospel. I believe this is the future of evangelism. We do not lack information I've, we've been trained. If you've grown up in church, you've been trained a hundred ways to articulate the gospel. Okay, kids learn that in songs. They learn it in all. I mean, it's the, articulating the gospel is not the issue. It's modeling it. It's modeling it, and that's the missing puzzle piece. We've forgotten how because we were trying to do the shortcuts and avoid the sacred work of relationship.
2: I don't No, please do. Um, I pastor a hundred and sixty-seven-year-old downtown First Church. Okay. And so that top line, Uh they used to just walk that because they thought they were supposed to, or Mm -hmm. it was part of their getting promoted in their job, or Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the the world was that path. And the yes. question maybe was were they going to walk into the Methodist Church or the Presbyterian Church? Exactly. If it wasn't, yeah. what are they going to walk into?
1: Yeah, it was a yeah. paradigm that especially in America where you had a Christian paradigm, yeah. everybody knew this is this is your your uh, set lily crowd also. Yeah. So this was this is, we at least knew we were going to get them. So if we took that opportunity to preach the gospel, and but churches still do that. Not criticizing, but churches still do. Get your friends to come on Easter because I'm going to do a really good message and it's going to be, you know, I'm not faulting that. What I'm saying, and and thank you for the observation. This is is not bad. It's just not effective anymore. All right? We stand on the shoulders of this. We stand on the shoulders of this. I am not going to criticize the body of Christ for trying to figure things out. You know, we're here at this conference because we're trying to figure things out. Well, I okay. Your swirl at the bottom, uh-huh.
2: I, th- I see that in at least three dimensions. Right? Like, it's a sphere, it's like, like a not sphere? It's a little 2D thing, right? Yep. It's just, I yeah. I just can't small. draw in three I, dimensions. I, I, <laughs> I, no, you, you were inspirational as uh-huh. you heard that, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you've got
1: people, you, you have different relationships at different distance points and all that. So people come in and out of your life and all. So, but I think what's happening is the missing puzzle piece of evangelism. And this, I'll, I'll say this for the sake of the seminar, and that is, even at work, <laughs> when you're doing, trying to do church at work, the idea, this will, this, this is going to work. This will work. Now, it's not going to, you know, the question you might want to ask is, are, is God calling you to start something at the workplace? Or are you starting something that's going to create a community that ends up going to a church? You know, th- th- those are those are fair questions. You know, there's no right or wrong. But Cassimber Church started out as kind of a we were going to be an all-encompassing church, attractional, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, we ended up becoming more of a missional outpost, yeah. which I love. <laughs> missional outposts are great. And uh, but we're still a church legally, and we, I mean, the structure is is a church. We're Evangelical Free Church of America, so it, it's. We have our structure, and we have I e free has elders, but we chose to have board of directors because cast members do not get elder the whole elder thing. Mm-hmm. So a board of directors kind of a thing. And uh, in our case, we have women on the board of directors as well, which I wish I could say we have women elders, but some people in my denomination are really touchy about that, mm-hmm. whatever.
2: I wonder about a couple of uh, nuts and bolts. Uh, mm-hmm. you Ask away. about your dining room table. Yes. Uh, is there a, a, a regular worship rhythm? Of,
1: Great question. Um, we have found um, there, we have, think of it this way. Um, in the sphere, or I'm sorry, well, you got me thinking in the sphere. In the spiral, um, when a person says, yes, I, 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 I'm putting my trust in Jesus. There's what I would call, I'm gonna be very careful with this, a membership. Your part, you, you've, you've crossed that line, okay? We do have a monthly gathering where it is worship and prayer. There's no sermon because that's all taking place in the community types. And and that's not even sermon. I'll share with you something else here that I I am very excited about. And I'll I'll share it with you guys. Um, But um, that happens once a month. But we don't necessarily have these people out here because a, a prayer and worship service can be a little intense for people. But this includes a table as well. So we're not—we're just bringing—we're just bringing, kicking it up a level, and you know the house may have, you know sometimes well right now because Disney closed, we literally had to start over, that was fun. Um, So we're now actually retraining our leaders and getting them into this new rhythm and all. But the the leadership development—that's the core of our of our membership. But this this spiral here, this is the family. This is the family. Anyone is welcome in the family anyone is welcome in the family. I don't care what your issues are. You know, people ask me, I get, I got asked, you know, this came up in the last uh, session. Well, what about LGBTQ? Cause that's a big deal at Disney and all that kind of stuff. It's like, um, that's, first of all, that's not an issue for us, but not for what people think, not for what people think. We don't draw a line, but I'm going to uh, uh, follow me on this. Jesus is not interested in behavior modification. He's interested in heart transformation. If we focus on behavior modification, we're focusing on the outside of the cup. We're trying to clean the outside of the cup. And Jesus is like, I want the inside of the cup. All right. So our job is not to change people. Jesus does that. We are called to model him. So in the church family... Anyone is welcome to sit at our table. And we've had some very interesting people sit at our table. And you know what? It's one of the first places they've ever found acceptance. Not necessarily agreement, but we don't even make that an issue. It's, it never comes up. It never comes up because we go straight for the heart. We bypass all that stuff. Because it's, it's, it's like, really, do we want to take our eye off the ball? And, and so that, that has been... Uh, a real winner for us if somebody doesn't agree with that I, I understand I, I, it's they're entitled to that I'm not gonna die on that hill <laughs> but this is how we do
2: it do you not get asked about it like let's say if someone's out of a church and felt like they were rejected and they you know they identify as gay and that mm-hmm. they still have a heart you know for the Lord mm-hmm. towards the Lord uh-huh. and they meet you mm-hmm. do they ever in conversation bring that up with you, when you it's never in 10
1: day? years it's never come up now, now no, no, they may be hiding it,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, or um, I have had, um, I we've had a couple cast members that came. Actually, it did. Actually, it did. But you know what they did? Um, they chose celibacy. They said, "I'm gay. I, I'm attracted. I'm attracted to the same sex, but I understand. I understand that that's that's wrong. But I still wrestle with it." And I said, "Dude, we all have our, we all have our and and so, but they say I'm not going to." I'm tempted, but I'm not going to live into that. I respect that.
2: Can I just also ask a couple of questions? Absolutely. You say, where's your, like, you know, we're retraining our leaders. So if Disney's been closed, mm-hmm. where, do you, where do your leaders come from?
1: Uh, okay, okay, great question. When Disney reopened, they brought cast members back. Okay. But it's a different Disney now. Disney changed a lot. It was, they used it as the, the fur, we called it the furlough. Um, they use that to change a lot of ways they operate and all. So some people found better jobs than Disney. God bless them. (laughs) But we had some other people that had been part of our church before that wanted to come back to Disney. And so we had to kind of train them in the new rhythms.
2: So I picture the lifespan at Disney to be like a year, but that's not necessarily the case. So are you bringing on new leaders every 18 months? Or do you have people... Yeah, From great. The community who are a part of it.
1: Great team. question. Um, everyone who's a leader in cast member church is a cast member. Um, they have chosen to be what we call lifers. And that means it's like, I want, to, I want to be a part of this company for the rest of my life. This is my mission call and this is where I want to be. And they tend to move up in the company. Okay. Yeah. And so um, I don't make a, a temporary person, a, um, uh, like someone who's going to be there for a year I don't make them a leader, but it doesn't mean I don't give them responsibilities, you know, and give them an opportunity to own it.
2: Just one other really quick question. At one point, I think you started to say the missing puzzle piece of evangelism. Mm-hmm. And then I think we got steered off. Right? That's
1: my ADD. I have a spiritual gift of ADD. Oh, <laughs> um, the missing piece of evangelism is living. It is is yeah, is living it. It's we have information. We're really good on the information piece. But the, but the imitation piece of Jesus, we don't, we, we're not training our people to do that. Because you actually, that's not, some, that's not information, that's emulation. You have to have something to emulate. You have to have something to take on. And the problem is, is I'll be honest with you, we like shortcuts. And if we just hear, here, here's the information, go out there and, uh, and, you know, tell people about Jesus. And it's like, that is not how this worked. And so we see, we're now seeing people, uh, you know, what's, here's what's really funny. I have people who don't know Jesus in cast member church that are more like Jesus than people I served in the, in the inherited church back when I was a worship pastor because they're, they're close to him. They're, they're walking around him. They're, they're, they're engaging with him. They just, the, the key hasn't turned in the lock. <laughs> great questions, though. Hmm? Go ahead.
2: All right, so... I mean, I'm right on board with you. I, mean, mm-hmm. there's, I won't go into why I'm here. It's it's That's okay. I work with our denomination. Where, well, maybe I will try to say. So, <laughs> we're rolling out, you know, kind of a vision of what we're trying to call our our struggling little churches to be, you know, um, and we we're identifying, you know, just be communities of Jesus followers, Cool. aligning themselves with this continuing mission of sacrificial love, starting right in their neighborhoods, Oof. and from there. Reaching into neighborhoods around the world. That's, uh, and then we say there's six markers to this. Okay. And you know, so uh, one is in uh, living like Jesus, mm-hmm. both gathered and scattered. So being the church, 24 okay. seven. Sure. Uh, radiating hospitality. The third one is gospel fluency. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh Evangelism is a high aspiration Totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's a lost language for us. Really. In our culture. Yes, it is. We don't know what that means anymore because Mm -hmm. we don't think it's the four spiritual laws anymore. Right, right. And people are open for, you know, your essence, trust, hope model. Mm -hmm. But there must be a time when sitting at your dining room table, someone says, so what do I do if I want to be a Christian? Right, right. And I'd like to know what you say to them at that moment.
1: Okay. This is really cool. This, we actually, we got into this in the last session um, quite extensively. Um, it's, we have to find a vocabulary that connects. Um, when you talk about, uh, um, now keep in mind, these people are with us. They're, 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 so things start to, they they start to pick up on things and all that, but the idea of sin or more importantly, a sinful nature is the idea of you have a cancer that you were born with and you can't. You can't cure yourself. And that's why you think the things you think. That's why you say sometimes the things you say. That's why you do things that you know. You know that We know, you know. Have you ever lied? Yeah, yeah, you know. And, um, and so what happens is we start focusing on the sinful nature. You can't, you can't do anything about that. You, the idea of a, being a better person is, oh, come on, really? You know, it's like, you know, and we just have, the, we, we keep it to where, um, conviction can show up in a lot of different ways. It's not always weeping and, and, and dropping to our knees. Sometimes it's like, I get it. Yeah, that makes, I, my favorite one is like, oh yeah, that makes sense now. <laughs> but But they so what we do is in that moment say well do you believe do you believe that Jesus is yeah I do believe that well you know John three sixteen says that whoever believes you've just crossed the threshold you just don't know him you just don't have this relationship with him what I have found with young people is we tend to focus on the hereafter you know Jesus is I'm not I'm I'm exaggerating here but Jesus is your ticket. To, to, but young people today know the world is broken here. But what about now? And it's interesting. Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what happens is the idea of talking about the brokenness of the world, and we all bring our peace to it. And we can't do anything about it because if we could, we would have fixed it by now. You know, if the world is truly billions of years old and all that, we would have fixed it by now, but we haven't. In fact, it just keeps getting worse. We can't fix ourselves. So the idea is listening for what I would call their pain point. And that means the thing where they go, yeah, the world is, let's say, yeah, man, the world is really screwed up. And that's probably not how they would say it. <laughs> but, but yeah, the world is really screwed up, yeah. Why do you think that is? Why, why do you think the world is screwed up? Oh, man, everyone is selfish. Every, you know, everyone wants their way or, you know. Why do you think? Ask questions because they usually start getting to the place where they're like, huh, huh, yeah, it's been like this for, you know, and, and it's, it's learning how to have one ear on the conversation, one ear on the spirit. And gospel fluency, I would add that. You know, it's like having a, a, a toolkit in the back of your mind. Um, David Fitch said something amazing in the last session, and that was, you've got to be patient to find the entry point for the gospel. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a different entry point because they're unique. And I would call that the pain point, the part where they go, I don't understand why.
0: Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we live, eat, work, and play by leveraging the creativity and endurance of the inherited church. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressions.com backslash start Season three is brought to you by FX Connect, an online community full of other church leaders passionate about reaching new people in new places. Access our entire library of practical and inspiring training materials and connect with other church leaders at fxconnectus.org. Season three of the Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by me, Heather Jalad. It's edited and produced by Jeanette Statz, Kathleen Blackie, and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you have learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Now may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that his ways may be known on earth and salvation among all nations.